Hi, I'm Kelly. And I'm Carrie. And, and we're, we're identical, identical twins. twins. We are so excited to talk to you about all things related to church music here on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Now each week we will break down a hymn. It could be an old favorite or it could be one you've never heard of. But it is our prayer that you will worship with us no matter what song it is. So let's get started here on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Hi everyone. Hi everyone. I'm Kelly. I'm Carrie. And, and we're, we're identical, identical twins. twins. We are back, you guys. This is episode 58. 58. Wow. 58. It's we a big should, one. We could have some applause for that. Yeah. Okay. I feel like it's been a while since we've been here. How I do know. you feel? I know. We haven't been like in the recording studio. Yeah. And we haven't like done a deep dive in a hymn. Right. You know, for a full episode in I mean, a while. I know. The last hymn that we really researched yeah. was Beneath, Beneath the, the Cross, Cross of Jesus. Jesus. The last episode was so wonderful. It was this hymn playlist that we created yes. using the music from so many of our previous episodes. Yeah, and, and, you, and you know, people can, I'm hoping that they listen to it and it just adds to their private devotional time. You could have it playing while yeah. you're, you know, in your house working or. No, if you have Spotify and you have a playlist. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is like that. This right. is, you know, you could just listen to this podcast instead. Yeah, just put it on and go yeah. about your day. Right. And then prior to the playlist, we had an interview. Oh, right. With, with the radio station. In Wales. Yes. Yes. So I think we have quite a following now in quite. Wales. Yes, quite a following. And they were very impressed with Carrie's Welsh dialogue. Yeah. I don't know. The guy said he was impressed. <laughs> I feel like, do you think he was serious? He might have just been polite. I, I mean, I how doubt do he's say? lying. Well, not. I'm not accusing him of lying, but I'm just accusing him of maybe stretching the truth <laughs> or lowering polite or lowering his expectations. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So, anyways, that all episode of that was all about us. It was just like yeah. fun chatter about our life, growing up, our family. Yeah. So we're here today. Yes. New him. Fifty-eight. We are back, like, diving deep yes. into this awesome hymn. Yes, it's a beautiful hymn, and it was recommended to us by a friend of ours, someone we know and love. A dear friend. Sometimes we get the requests online from people we don't know, and new some, friends. And sometimes they come from someone who's just really close to us. Yes, and sometimes the people who are close to us are annoyed that it's taken so long <laughs> to get their hymns. That's true. <laughs> but um, I don't think this lady's annoyed. No, this woman is Barbara, mm -hmm. and actually Barbara's a big reader. Yes, So Barbara. Yes loves to read. She's in a book club. We often talk books with her. And we are hoping Barbara and many others mm -hmm. will join our Hymn Talk Twin Talk book club. This is a first, you guys. Oh, here's our first sound. We are going to read a book together. Mm -hmm. We have met the author. Her name is Kara Hunt. She's awesome. She's a podcasting host. Yeah. And she, she's lovely. And she's going to join us. Right. So we'll Zoom with all the friends who are reading the book. She'll be there. We'll be able to talk the book. It's called Paper Dolls. Mm -hmm. And I really want to order it from Amazon. So the next time that we're together on this video, I yeah. can hold we'll it for have you. It. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I we both love to read. But it honestly, it's hard to read during the school year. But the school year is winding down and summer's coming yeah. and so maybe we'll have a little bit oh, more time to read i'm totally reading this and book. we'll all read it and talk and it'll be it, awesome it'll be awesome and barbara is going to be the first person to be in the book club <laughs> i just know we it. have to get her to do it um but she really asked for the hymn today yes she said that she 
she has such fond memories of being in church as a child and singing it and hearing her mother sing it. Oh. Isn't that so sweet? Yes. I wonder what hymn our children will remember us singing. No, I feel like our children would be like, that's all they did was sing. <laughs> <laughs> they sang every hymn. They sang everything and it was annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So you want to tell everyone the name of the hymn, Kara? Today's hymn is He Leadeth Me. It's such a sweet hymn. I really, I've always really liked it, but mm-hmm. after this week and really having the tune in my head, just yes. humming it and singing it. I have to say, doing all the research this week for it, it reminded me so much of our first ever episode. Episode one. Um, Wherever He Leads, I'll Go. Yes. B. McKinney? Yes. I think they're similar. They have, they're really sweet. The melody mm-hmm. is very pretty. They both have this theme of, you know, God leading us. Um, they're both old. And and again, I'm just going to say it again. They're both pretty. I love the yeah. melody. It's a, very, it's a very sweet tune. So you have the one we're doing today, He Leadeth Me. B.B. Mm-hmm. McKinney did Wherever He Leads, I'll Go. And I actually think of the other one. I, I can, can hear, hear my Savior calling. calling. To me, those three just really go hand in hand, and I actually kind of mess them up a little I bit. I know. I kind of confuse them, too. I wonder if we could make a, like little, a little medley of the three of them. Oh, for sure. That would be so pretty. Those three, I wonder if people know those songs. Do you guys know those songs? Mm, let us know. <laughs> let us know. The three leadeth songs. Yeah, the three leading, following. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But this one is He Leadeth Me. And sometimes in the hymnal, it's the f- even more full title. Yeah. He Leadeth Me, O oh, Blessed Thought. thought. It's yeah. just the rest of oh, the line. Blessed Thought. I mean, how what a blessing it is to think about him leading us. Right. Barbara said that she just thought it was so comforting and mm. so reassuring, these words. That's so nice. She thought it was just a wonderful way to remind us, to remind everybody how faithful our God is. Okay, so you don't have to get too far into the hymn before mm. you realize that it is really inspired based on yes. Psalm 23. <laughs> mm. Yeah, the 23rd Psalm, you mm-hmm. guys. I mean, I feel like most people have it memorized? I don't really? Know. I don't know. Did people memorize the 23rd Psalm like growing up in school? Okay, well, here is the memory test. Uh, uh, well, I'm, there's no test. I'm, I already know I don't know it by heart. <laughs> Just verses one. Okay. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leadeth me to lie down in green pastures. Nothing shall I want. <laughs> Okay, here's mine, my version. You just I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He, my cup runneth over. He leads me besides the green waters. Blue waters, clear still waters, waters. Still, still waters. waters. He leads me beside the still waters. He restoreth my, my soul. soul. Yeah, my yeah. cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy. <laughs> no, like the rod and thy staff shall comfort me. Yeah. I mean, we really did jump around a lot. But that's how scriptures are, though. I know. Certain phrases, like, pop out at you. All All right. right, So so we want to know. We want to hear from you. Who has it memorized? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. He leadeth me. Mm-hmm. Now, our hymn writer was actually preaching this Sunday morning, our text writer, right, Joseph Gilmore, mm-hmm. 
And the story is that he was supposed to be preaching on this passage. He was a young man, recently graduated from seminary, and he was supplying the pulpit for a couple of Sundays at the First Baptist Church in Philadelphia. And this was on March 26th. 1862 he was supposed to give the sermon and it was supposed to be on the 23rd psalm and he had given a sermon like this three or four other times he said Hmm. but this time he said he could not get further than the words he leadeth me he leadeth me besides still waters right um and this is an exact quote carrie he said this those words took hold of me as they have never done before and I saw in them a significance of which I had never dreamed. Mm-hmm. Now, at the close of that service, a few of them were in the parlor, and they kept talking about, about the sermon. And then and there, he took a blank page, and he, and he wrote. He penciled the hymn. He was talking. He was writing. And he just put it down. It was a poem, and he put it away. That's not great. Yeah. So, fast forward years later. It was the spring of 1865. He's now a 31-year-old minister, and he is preaching at the Second Baptist Church in Rochester, New York. And he was preaching there. He was going doing his trial sermon because they were trying to decide if they were going to hire him. Have we done that with, you know, prospective preachers? They come in and do their trial sermon. And so he's there that day. He wants to make a good impression. And as he's waiting to go and give his sermon, he thumbs through the hymnal, the hymnal that was at the church. And musing through the book, what does he find? He says his eyes widened and he smiled. And there was the poem that he had written all those years before. Set to music and published Mm -hmm. without him knowing at all. Right. That's crazy. So now, who did it? Who did it, Kelly? Okay, well, he had forgotten all about the poem. He had forgotten <laughs> they had, that he had written it. But his wife did not forget. And without him knowing, she sent the poem to the religious magazine Watchman and Reflector. And it was published in that magazine as a poem. And without anyone realizing it, the hymn composer, Bradbury, found the hymn and put music to it. And this is another quote that Gilmore said. Okay. He said, that was the first time I knew that my hymn had found a place among the songs of the church. I shall never forget the impression made upon me by coming in contact then and there with my own assertion of God's blessed leadership. Mm -hmm. William Bradbury discovered the poem, thought that it would make a great him and put it to music and published it in 1864 so good so this poem he wrote really quickly but it obviously was inspired oh totally and then bradbury finds it puts it to music yeah let's you want to let's hear let's show our listeners let's hear all the words so Mm -hmm. kel you read how many verses is it it's four four? verses with the refrain okay four so that's like a gospel song Mm -hmm. do you want to sing the refrain for everybody yeah and then we'll read the words He leadeth me, he leadeth me, by his own hand he leadeth me. His faithful follower I would be, for by his hand he leadeth me. Pretty just soprano and alto. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, I wish we had tenor and bass, but that's very pretty. <laughs> that's the refrain. So mm-hmm. you're going to sing that four times. Mm-hmm. You're going to really feel like you know that. Right. Now, here's a little fun fact. Okay. The original poem only had two lines of the refrain. He leadeth me, he leadeth me, by his own hand he leadeth me. Oh, okay. That was the refrain. Yeah. And somewhere along the line, we do not know. I mean, I'm guessing it was some editor of some hymnal, Mm -hmm. because the tune is the same. It's just a repeat of the tune. At some point, they wanted the refrain to be longer, and so they added that his faithful follower I would be, for For by by his hand hand he leadeth me. me. Mm Mm-hmm. That's funny. Yeah. I mean, hymns change. It's so funny because right now, you know, there's so much talk about legality and copyrights, and you can't just change someone else's work. But the truth is that in, hymnals did that all, all the, the time. time. Yeah. All the time. There was never a question. No. All right. So all right. that's the refrain. That's the refrain. Let's do all the verses. Yes. All right. I'll play it, and okay. you, you read them, Cal. All right. Verse one. He leadeth me, O blessed thought. O words with heavenly comfort fraught, whate'er I do, where'er I be, still tis God's hand that leadeth me. Sometimes mid scenes of deepest gloom, sometimes where Eden's bowers bloom, by waters still, over troubled sea, still tis his hand that leadeth me. Ever murmur nor repine, content whatever lot I see, since tis thy hand that leadeth me. And when my task on earth is done, when by thy grace the victory's won, even death's cold wave I will not flee, since God through Jordan leadeth me. Beautiful words. Mm -hmm. And you can, there's something about them. You can tell that they were totally inspired, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. It's not like a personal testimony hymn. It's just, I read this in the Bible and it means something to me. And now I want to write about it. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. I love that. Now, I want to just talk a little bit about grammar and spelling and the use of words. Because there's so many rules in grammar, you know? Yeah. And with hymns in particular, when you're trying to match a rhyme scheme, you need the syllable to match up with the music. And honestly, we took a try of writing hymns Mm -hmm. recently. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to get those exact syllables right, correct, to match the music. So I think it's interesting that this hymn changes the words so that it, the syllables change over and over and over again. For instance, instead of saying over, right, it says or. Right. O apostrophe E-R. We've, we see that in hymns. We do. But in this hymn, it's like every verse, every line. <laughs> What's another example, Care? Well, follower. Yes. Follower should have three syllables. Mm-hmm. But he says follower. Yep. And follower. then victory. Victory. Instead of victory. But the funny thing is, is that he does it and it's not consistent. Because mm. in verse one, he says, what air I do, what air, two, so syllables, two syllables, what, where air I be, two syllables. But then in verse three, he says, 
content whatever lot I see. So he needed the syllables, right. so he used them. So it's really not about like his preference. Mm-hmm. It's really just about what the music dictated. And I and who made that, that decision? decision? Well, I actually think it must have been Bradbury. Right. It must have been Bradbury because Bradbury, who's writing the music, likes these words and he wants to make it fit. He wants to make it work. I don't believe that Gilmore was ever putting it in like a him like mindset. No. To him, it was just a poem. And Gilmore is, we're going to learn about him. I mean, he's a very intelligent man. He's a college professor. Mm -hmm. He's well educated. I don't think he was chopping up words <laughs> to make them fit. And he wasn't misspelling them. No, I mean, sure. literally misspelling the words. Um, but Bradbury looks at the words and says, I can make a hymn out of this, but I'm going to have to break a couple of rules. <laughs> I'm going to have to tweak it a little bit. So we keep talking about these guys. I mean, we really have to talk about mm-hmm. them. So the words are by Joseph Gilmore, mm-hmm. and the music is by William Bradbury. Let's talk about Joseph Henry Gilmore. All right. Joseph Henry Gilmore was born April 29th, 1834 in Boston, Boston. Massachusetts, right here. Yep. We should have a sound for when it's local. <laughs> I know. I love when it's local. <laughs> like, know, park the car. <laughs> <laughs> there was a time, I mean, I'd have to go back and look, maybe like episodes four through seven yeah. or five through nine and literally every time we had a local connection it was whether someone lived here or was born here or went yeah. to school here we had a local connection every time and we haven't had one in a while right so this right. is so cool yeah. joseph gilmore was born in boston mm-hmm. he graduated from brown university with a degree in arts and then he went on and graduated from newton theological institution in 1861 well, prior to that, I mean, here's a little fun fact. Yes, that's true. Um, he was in my hometown. So mm-hmm. I live in Andover, and we have Phillips Academy Andover. So he went to Phillips first for high school, mm-hmm. then to Brown, and then to the Newton Theological mm-hmm. Seminary. Yeah. Um, he really did spend most of his time in, in mm-hmm. New Hampshire, except for these you know few major events in his life. He was born in Boston. He mm-hmm. went to high school in Andover. And he married Mary Josephine Parkhurst Gilmore. In Natick, Massachusetts. Oh. And that's not far from us either. I know. She must have been from around there. He was ordained as a Baptist minister, and he pastored for two years in Fisherville, New Hampshire. Never heard of it. How's this for a fun fact? His dad was the governor of New Hampshire at the time. Mm-hmm. And he worked a little bit as the governor's assistant. Mm-hmm. He was an editor at the Concord, New Hampshire Daily Monitor. And eventually he found his way to Rochester, New York. He was the pastor there at the Second Baptist Church. And he ended up being the professor of Hebrew at the Rochester Theological Seminary. So tell us about this dad who was the governor. Well, prior to being governor, he had served in the state senate. And he was the governor during the Civil War. His time was consumed with support for the Union. Mm-hmm. And he actually had took out a loan to provide bonuses and supplemental salary payments to wow. soldiers. And he helped to arrange the transport of soldiers who were traveling to New Hampshire on furlough and then returning to the front lines. Mm-hmm. So this was a huge part of his time in New Hampshire, time as governor. So this is kind of an interesting story that we found out. I found this story not on a hymn writing website, but on a Civil War website. Oh. So Joseph's dad was the governor right in the middle of the Civil War, as we just heard. 
And there was this evening, I can tell you exactly when, it was August 14th, 1863. Crowds were gathered at the Concord Railroad Depot to welcome home the 16th New Hampshire Volunteers home from Dixie. They were very excited because they hadn't lost one soldier in battle. But on the way home from Dixie, the the soldiers were dying of illness, not from the battle, but from illness. And they had left this trail of sickness and death through Indianapolis, Buffalo, Albany, Worcester. When they got back to New Hampshire, 51 men were on the train and they were sick. They were trying to tend to them. And so the governor realizes that he has lost or you know, almost about to lose a lot of his men, he sends two people, two men, to go down and to rescue the men who were sick, to tend to the wounded, to bring back the bodies of those who had died. So he sent his son, Reverend Joseph H. Gilmore, and he sent P. Brainerd Cogswell, a journalist who lived in the household of the Concord abolitionist Parker Pillsbury. And the governor told them to spare no expense in caring for the sick. So they started in Worcester, which, again, is not that far from us. And they cared for 30 men who eventually all were well enough to come home. And they did that all the way. They planned to travel only as far as Buffalo. But when they heard that more men were sick further west, they kept going. They went to Indianapolis. They went to Mound City. Um, when they went to Mound City, 21 New Hampshire men had died in 17 days. And the surgeon there begged them to take all the rest of them away because they didn't want any more people dying there. He said if they didn't take them, they would surely die. But, I mean, it's still only the two men. Yep. How did they even do it? You know, when you look at someone's life, when you look at the stories and the different experiences they had, you know that that played a part in their hymn writing, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, here he is talking about how God leads him. hmm mm-hmm. I mean, he said, content whatever lot I see. I mean, what he was viewing, what he was seeing must have been difficult and traumatic. And he said that he would be content no matter what because God was leading him. Mm -hmm. Even those words would comfort him. This story ended with Cogswell and Gilmore were exhausted Mm -hmm. when they finally reached Concord. But they cherished the soldiers they had helped. We know Gilmore, he's famous, you know, to us as a hymn writer, right. but what he did during the Civil War to help yeah. all of those people, um, th- you know, that he is remembered in Civil War histories. Wow. Now, a little bit about him. He had, he was very intelligent. I said it earlier before. Mm. So after he was the pastor, he ended up becoming a professor of rhetoric, logic, and English at the University of Rochester in 1868. And he wrote many books that ended up being used as textbooks. So Carrie, does this sound like a guy who would like do what air and or? (laughs) Now during his lifetime, it says that he wrote several other hymns, but only this hymn stayed on. It became well known, it became widely sung, and it has appeared in more than 2,000 hymnals. So that's a popular hymn. That is a popular hymn. Yeah. All right, so this would not be a hymn without our friend William William Bradbury. Bradbury. I wonder if our listeners recognize him. Okay, so we did William Bradbury back in episode 39. Mm -hmm. The hymn was Just Just As As I I Am. So good. Mm -hmm. So good. If you haven't listened to 39 yet, go back and listen to it. It's such a great episode because that's such a good hymn. So Bradbury wrote the music for Just As I Am, Mm -hmm. and he's the one who found the poem in that magazine, Mm -hmm. and he took it and wrote the music. And we probably think that he also changed some of the words. Definitely. And broke those rules. Yeah. (laughs) All right. 
William Bradbury was born on October 6, mm-hmm. 1816, in York, Maine. And of course, he shares a birthday with our son. Our son. <laughs> my a, son, Thomas. My, my nephew. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is William Bradbury. He wrote many hymns. Right. It says that he wrote about 250 hymns, and of those, he wrote about 40 with the words and the tunes, mm-hmm. which yeah, you don't always see that. Mm-hmm. But to me, he wrote hymns that just are still around, have mm-hmm. stood the test of time, and people know them. So, of course, we have Just As I Am. We have He Leadeth Me. We also have Jesus, Jesus Loves Me. me. Which is a great one. Yes. He also did Savior Like a Shepherd Lead Us. My hope is built on nothing nothing less. Yes. I feel like we're going to hear about William Bradbury on future episodes. But I just want to chat about him a little bit. He was born in York, Maine. He was raised on a farm. When the weather wasn't great and they couldn't be on the farm, he actually worked in a shoe store. Um, He loved music. And I imagine he would like sing and make up songs, Mm. but he didn't actually ever see a piano or an organ until he was 14 years old and he moved to Boston. Wow. And at 15, he became a pianist and an organist. Wow. So he like picked it up really fast. Really fast. And this is where he meets Lowell Mason. Now, Lowell Mason is considered the father of music education. Our modern music education in America is very much based on what Lowell Mason did at the beginning. I think Mason mentored him and encouraged him, helped him get different teaching jobs. Well, Bradbury went on to teach in New York in the schools. He had a singing school. Mm. And children's music was really important to him. In fact, they say that his singing class, his singing class for children, really is what started Sunday school. Mm. The Sunday school movement come to school Come to church on Sundays and have your children learn. Yeah. And it was the singing, you know. He edited all of these books of sacred and secular music. Many of them are ones that he wrote. But he wanted fresh tunes that children could sing. He wanted fresh things that children Mm. would understand and enjoy. So he compiled these books of children's songs. It's no wonder he wrote Jesus Loves Me. Right, right. And even... Just as I am, mm. and he leadeth me, have, a, I don't know, a very accessible, singable quality yeah. to them, yeah. don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. So while he was in New York, he would hold these juvenile music festivals. <laughs> so uh, these Sunday school morning classes, you know, they would eventually come together for a festival. And they said that there would be up to a thousand children wow. attending and singing with him. So he was writing, he was editing, he was publishing, he he was was teaching, teaching. and then he did something that I think is pretty cool. He started a piano piano manufacturing company. company. You have a Bradbury piano. We're going to share a picture of this. I mean, the Bradbury piano was something, Mm -hmm. and that was because of him and his brother, Edward. There's a book out called Biographies of Gospel Song and Hymn Writers, and it's written by a man named Hall, and he has this quote. <clears throat> Attention. All right, let's hear it. He wrote about Bradbury that he was kind, patient, and full of sympathy for others. He said he will always occupy a prominent place in American musical history. Wow. I mean, we don't we could not say that about many hymn writers. I know. A prominent place in American musical history. Now, I think this is probably one of the coolest things. Here's a oh. fun fact. He knew Fanny Crosby. Oh, my gosh. 
she began writing what she called Sunday School Hymns for William Bradbury in 1864. And her first wow. hymn was called We Are Going. And she wrote it on a piece of paper. She handed it to Bradbury. Bradbury wrote the music for it, turned it into a song. And it was published on February 5th of 1864. It was Fanny Crosby's first ever hymn. Wow. And it was sung at Mr. Bradbury's funeral in January of 1868. Wow. Oh, yeah. that was just a few years later. Yeah. Do you want to? Well, he died of tuberculosis. He died young. Oh. Yeah. Do you want to sing? Let's sing this for this us. Is so this is Fanny Crosby's first ever hymn? First ever hymn. This woman went on to write thousands of hymns, and it started here with William Bradbury, and it's called We, we Are, Are Going. Going. We are going, we are going to a home beyond the skies where the fields are robed in beauty and the sunlight never dies where the fount of joy is flowing in the valley green and fair we shall dwell in love together there will be no parting there we are going we are going to a home beyond the skies where the fields are robed in beauty and the sunlight never dies. I mean, I feel like we just like saying a piece of history. A Fanny Crosby, William Bradbury collaboration. And Fanny Crosby's first, first ever, ever published hymn. hymn. I mean, that's amazing. I love it. So the funny thing is, is that in my research, I found another hymn called He Leadeth Me. Actually, if you go to look up He Leadeth Me, yeah. there's over 20 other hymns that are called He Leadeth Me. Okay. I mean, they're in like one hymnal, two hymnals. I mean, mm. nothing is as famous as and popular as this. But I found a He Leadeth Me by Fanny Crosby. So... This definitely came after Gilmore's and Bradbury's. I mean, this is Fanny Crosby's song called The Guiding Hand. And the refrain says, He leadeth me, he leadeth me. Let this my theme of rapture be. He leadeth me, he leadeth me. My Savior's guiding Aww. hand I, I see. And there we have that. Right. Fanny Crosby often puts things about sight and vision because she was blind and she knew that when she saw Jesus, she would be able to see. Now, this is in 1874. Right. I mean, Bradbury died in 1868. I don't think she really ever talked to him about it. But the thing is that it had to be inspired, of, of course, <laughs> by Gilmore's words and Bradbury's tune. Just listen to this, how similar it is. Okay. He leadeth me, he leadeth me, let this my theme of rapture be. He leadeth me, he leadeth me, my Savior's guiding hand I see. 
that's super cute. I actually really love that too. And we could add it, Kara, to our medley of Jesus leading us songs. I mean, yeah. we could put it right in. I think it would fit in perfectly. I think it would fit in too perfectly. It would sound like the same song. I know. <laughs> All right, so good. So we're talking about William Bradbury. Who knew we would be talking about Fanny, Fanny Crosby. Crosby so much? So, I mean, <laughs> we know that he had been reading this 23rd Psalm. Right. We know that was the inspiration. Right. But, I mean, the idea of God leading us, uh, it's everywhere in the Bible. What right. does the Bible say? <laughs> so, I mean, I'm really looking into the Old Testament. Okay. I mean, and I was just, I kind of was just drawn to this image of God holding our hand. God holding our hand. How amazing is that? If we just went through life and thinking that our hand was being held by God. So we look at the Old Testament prophet of Isaiah. Isaiah, he's a prophet. He's God's mouthpiece. It's written there in chapter 41, verse 13. For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. So it's not just God taking your hand. It's also saying, do not fear. Mm -hmm. And I think it's saying, be bold, be brave. I mean, and that's what Barbara said when she brought it up. She said it's comforting and it's reassuring, just like that Bible verse. And then we read in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. So again, going through our life, remembering that he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. And of course, Jesus said the same thing in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. We are promised God in our life who will hold our hand. Mm -hmm. And then we go right back into the Psalms, the first Mm -hmm. hymnal. You know, this is Psalm 37. The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall for the Lord upholds him with his hand. I mean, it's not about leading as much as it's about just presence. Mm-hmm. Presence, being there, mm-hmm. and being comforted by that. Right. You know, right. I think the word lead, we, we have such a, a sense of that, like, I'm going to take you by the hand and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, follow me. And I really think that what God is saying here is, just I'm here mm-hmm. I'm here then I started just thinking about holding hands and, uh-huh. and all the w- different ways we hold hands I mean we hold hands with our spouse it's out of love we hold hands with our children and what is most like God holding our hands well I just think of like trying to hold the hand of a toddler what sometimes they just want to pull away and you're just trying to keep them with you like do not go mm-hmm. stay with me mm-hmm. so they, your hand is pulling them to you sometimes they're running ahead and you're pulling them back. Sometimes you're holding them against their will. Can, do you remember when they were little and they would squirm to oh, get out? totally. And you were like, just stay, stay, stay with me, stay with me. Right, you're walking through a busy parking lot. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes they're not even paying attention. They're just like looking around, you know, and it's only by the hand that is clasped that the child even follows you. And I just have to think that there must be seasons of our life where God feels like that parent Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and we are that toddler. I really could resonate with all of these scenarios, running ahead and God saying, you know, get back here, Mm -hmm. you know, and not really knowing where I am or where I'm going and God, you know, bringing us through. So there is a really powerful image in this holding God's hand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what is... Gilmore say exactly what's the line? Well, let's look at it. So we have the refrain, which we sang earlier. He leadeth me, he 
me by his own hand he leadeth me his faithful follower i would be for by his hand he leadeth me so he says it in the refrain it's very clear Mm -hmm. by his own hand Mm -hmm. he leadeth me Mm But then it's reiterated in the verse. Right. So Th- this is the theme. I think the hand and and holding is the theme more than the leading. Right. I do. Because each verse kind of talks about what that hand holding might look like. Mm-hmm. So verse one, he leadeth me, O blessed thought, O words with heavenly comfort fraught. Whate'er I do, where'er I be, still tis God's hand that that leadeth me. So that verse, I think, is saying what Barbara was saying. It's so comforting. Mm -hmm. We know that he's holding our hand. Maybe we don't know where we're going next, but it's comforting to know that he's there. Okay, verse two. Sometimes mid scenes of deepest gloom, sometimes where Eden's flowers bloom, By waters calm or troubled sea, still, tis God's hand that leadeth me. So now we're talking about all the different seasons of our life, all those times where we were talking about the kids, of how God holds our hand. I mean, the deepest gloom. You know, when you're grieving and you're sad and gloomy, someone holding your hand is just sometimes just the right thing. Right. And then, of course, when Eden's flowers are blooming, it's in happy times. It's in sad times. It's when the waters are stormy. It's when the waters are still. God's hand is leading us. All right. Verse three. Verse three. Finally, we get to hold the hand. Lord, I would clasp Clasp thy thy hand hand in in mine, mine, nor ever murmur nor repine. Content whatever lot I see, since Since tis my God that leadeth me. So verse 3 is really like, okay, I'm holding your hand, Mm -hmm. and no matter what happens, whatever is in front of me, I have a little question for you, Carrie. Yeah. Do you know what the word repine means? I mean, nor ever murmur, nor repine. I feel like it means whine, but I'm like, (laughs) whine and complain. Well, it's fretting and worrying. Okay. So yeah, so nor ever murmur, so that's probably the complaining part. Right. Nor repine, the worrying. Right. So it's saying like, I'm taking your hand. And I don't need to worry or complain Mm -hmm. because you, my God, are leading me. Mm. Now, verse four is the only verse that doesn't mention the hand holding. Okay. So it completely changes. And this is something that a lot of gospel hymns did in this time period. So this fits the model right here. The final verse, what does it usually do? Talk about about heaven. heaven. So it's no longer, you know, having God's hand in yours, which I kind of think, hey, when we're in heaven, we can hold his hand like for real. So that's kind of cool. But this is when my task on earth is done. When by the grace the victory's won. In death's cold wave, I will not flee. Since God through Jordan leadeth me. Now that was Barbara's favorite verse. Really? So she loves the verse, thinking about heaven, thinking about what's coming. I actually think if maybe I did this in, for, in a church service, yeah. I might skip that fourth verse. Right. Because the first three seem to go so closely together. Mm-hmm. And if we were doing a sermon on, you know, trusting in God or even a sermon on Psalm 23. Right. That those first three verses, I think, would go so nicely. But the the fourth verse is beautiful. And I know. it's nice to sing about heaven. Right. 
And it's reminding us that it's all by God's grace. Mm-hmm. I mean, we do have the victory. We have the hope in him, mm-hmm. but it's only by his grace. And remember, it's victory. Victory. Not victory. I, uh, when you read it without the tune, <laughs> I you, know, don't, you I totally know. want to get the syllables right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we just talked about this whole hymn. Yeah. And about the hymn writer and the composer. We learned a lot today. I know. I hope you guys liked it as much as we did. I really, I'm so curious if people know it. It's been in 2,000 hymnals. You must know it. I bet it's in your hymnal at your church. I just don't know if you sing it. Right. So, I mean, it does have kind of an old-fashioned quality to it. If you were going to play it, you know, on a pipe organ or a piano, we are excited to share with you this new music that we found. Mm -hmm. It's called The Hymn Collective. And I was able to talk to one of the musicians named Jeff, and basically their mission is to bring the hymns some new life with fresh modern takes. Mm -hmm. They say that we believe hymns are a middle path of worship style between traditional and contemporary. So they're not even saying hymns are all traditional. They're like, they're bridging the gap. Mm -hmm. And I do think a hymn like this does that. It doesn't sound, it doesn't sound super old fashioned, the tune, but the words Mm -hmm. like leadeth. Yeah. You know, and some of the words, repine, right. um, fraught. Yeah. And they said that, like, these hymns being hundreds of years old, mm-hmm. it should remind us of a faith that is bigger than ourselves. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It is passed down through centuries. Yeah, so they're out of Alabama, and they're from the Red Mountain Church. And when church services went online with the pandemic, I think their music just got out there. Mm. And now everybody's listening. They have, they're on Spotify. You can find them wherever you stream your music. We're going to share all of their information, and we get to hear their rendition of He Leadeth Me. He leadeth me. Oh, blessed thought, oh, words with empty comfort and front. Whatever I do, wherever I be, still tis God's hand that leadeth me. Sometimes it seems of deepest gloom. Sometimes where Eden's flowers bloom By waters calm or troubled sea Still tis His hand that leadeth me He leadeth me
its cold way. I will not flee since God church red mountain church <laughs> if we're ever in alabama we're gonna come to visit you so he says that it's called red mountain in birmingham mm-hmm. okay i've never been to birmingham me neither where's and- our captain because we should head there <laughs> he said that it's because of the iron ore deposits so that gives the rock a reddish color oh. and red mountain church sits at the northern foot on the southeast side of downtown All right, so let us know if you're from Alabama. Let us know if you know about these Red Mountains. And uh, we promise we'll come and visit someday. I totally want to go. (laughs) Red Mountain Church. Okay, so thank you to Jeff for letting us use your music. Mm -hmm. You guys, we're going to share all of their information with you. Right, so check them out. We're pretty much done. Kelly, do you have a hymn take? Oh, a hymn take. Uh, Sometimes we forget about the hymn takes. We do, but... We like to try to remember something. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just am drawn. I'm sure you've noticed just from listening to our podcast. Right. I'm drawn to the hand holding and yeah. God leading us and pulling us and how we could be walking and just like not even know where we're going and not even paying attention. And we have a God who's holding our hand and, and bringing us through. I mean, that's just such an awesome image for me. Mm-hmm. I like that, Cal. What about you, Care? I, I love when Gilmore says that we're the faithful follower, mm-hmm. right? So I'm going to have faith. I'm going to live this truth every day. And I don't know. I love that. Mm. We don't have a whole lot of songs that call us faithful. Right. Right. A lot of hymns tell us we should have faith and right. faith is the victory. And, and God is the one who's faithful. Right. But we are saying we are going to be the faithful mm-hmm. followers. I would be. Right. Like that's the goal. But that's almost like your prayer every day. Mm-hmm. So yes, help, yes. Me, help me to be comforted and help me to be reassured, mm-hmm. like Barbara said. But it's also like, help me to remember this mm-hmm. and help me to be faithful. Yeah. I love that. Now, if you were paying attention, you would know that Carrie's hymn take isn't even from Gilmore's words. Because <laughs> those were the added words. That's right. <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay because whoever added them I mean, was, that was inspired, yeah. inspired by Gilmore. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) We'll keep it. We don't have to have her redo it. (laughs) I like it. I want to be a faithful follower. Mm -hmm. And I want God to hold my hand. And like, honestly, if we were going to do another podcast about like a Bible study, I would want to call it Faithful Followers. Ooh, let's do it. You know, Faithful Follower. We can barely keep up with our one podcast. (laughs) Can we do another one? (laughs) All right. Uh, We are going to be back in two weeks. mm -hmm. We have another awesome hymn and a kind of a cool interview lined up for you. Yeah, and we have requests coming in. So if there's a hymn that you want us to do, please reach out to us. I mean, we're on Facebook. Instagram. Twitter. And YouTube. And you can just email us. Right. We're hymntalktwintalk at gmail.com. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Keep singing. Bye.